essential strategies for deeper learning. Learning can be tough, but it doesn't have to be mysterious. Ample research shows that there are better ways of studying, not just for passing the test, but for creating deep understanding. In this episode, I'd like to list 10 essential strategies you should keep in mind at any time you need to learn something important. I should note that these lessons are drawn from my course, Rapid Learner. We'll be having a new session soon, so please sign up for the waiting list at www.rapid-learner-course.com. Strategy number one, practice on questions from the test. All skill depends on practice. So too with memory. If you want to remember something, you need to practice remembering it, not just looking at it. Retrieval practice, where you shut the book and try to recall what you've learned without looking at it, is one of the most effective studying techniques. It beat fancier techniques like concept mapping in head-to-head trials. Retrieval also works even if you can't get feedback. The value of actively trying to remember goes beyond simply correcting mistakes. The best questions to test yourself on are those most similar to the test. But if you don't have access to those, it's better to practice harder forms of practice. Think writing an essay and not just multiple choice questions. These desirable difficulties lead to more efficient studying over easier tests. Two, expose yourself multiple times to the same information. If the first key to learning is practice, the second is repetition. Memories tend to diminish in strength over time, quickly at first and more gradually later. This is known as the forgetting curve, and its relentless erosion of our memory is the bane of all students. Yet there is a strategy that causes memories to be retained longer, spreading out your exposure through time. If you can be exposed to a fact, idea, or procedure multiple times, you'll retain it far longer than if you experience it only once. Even better is if these exposures are spread out over weeks instead of just hours. The lesson, avoid cramming if you want to learn things deeply. Whenever possible, test yourself throughout your classes, not just on the current unit, but on the previous ones. This sounds tedious, but it ends up saving time that you need later when you have to learn right before the exam. Three, drill the basics until they're automatic. Complex skills are built out of simpler parts. Basketball is shooting, passing, and dribbling. Drawing is proportions, lighting, and lines. Math is addition, multiplication, algebra, and more. One challenge to learning is that when the basic parts aren't fully learned, performing more complicated skills quickly becomes impossible. Researchers call this cognitive load and note that it's a major impediment to learning hard skills. Direct instruction, one of the most successful teaching methods ever studied, overcomes this by ensuring core skills are mastered before moving on to harder tasks. Whenever you're struggling to learn anything, always ask if you've mastered the basics. The feelings of inadequacy that frustrate harder skills can often be remedied by fixing the foundation. Four, test your knowledge before you're ready. Most students know that they'll eventually need to test themselves on what they've learned, if they're going to learn it deeply. But many feel that they aren't ready for this stage yet, so they stick to rereading their notes at first. Yet clever experiments show that this is a mistake. A clever experimental manipulation found that when students who would have chosen passive review, nonetheless, would do better when they were forced to do practice instead. 
Other research shows that taking a test before you learn the material can even prime better learning. The rule of thumb should be to test yourself before you feel ready. The more you can shake the feeling that you need to do well on the first attempts at practice, the better you'll learn. 5. Slow down to understand better. Few things are more frustrating than leaving a lecture feeling, huh? You know you need to understand to keep going, but the big picture eludes you. One reason this happens is because of our limited working memory. This concept corresponds roughly to what we think of as our mental bandwidth. It can only hold a few items at a time. If you're required to put together dozens of different pieces in order to understand an idea, then you'll be hopelessly lost. The fix is to slow things down. Write out what you're trying to learn on a piece of paper and go through each sentence or step in a calculation one at a time. By offloading some of the problem to the paper, you can free up space in your working memory to see the connection you need. Six, get clear on what confuses you. So if you've slowed things down and you're still stuck, what then? In this case, you need to flip the problem. Instead of trying to understand the idea all at once, you need to ask yourself what's missing to understand it. So take a complicated math problem that you don't understand. Try walking through each step in the calculation. At which line of the derivation do things not make sense to you? Those might be the points where a concept was being applied that the teacher assumed you understood. It might be two or three steps confusingly compressed into one. In either case, you now have a much more specific question to ask and the answer is much more likely to resolve your confusion. This doesn't just apply to math classes. Confusing paragraphs in philosophy can be stepped through one word at a time, making sure you understand the point of each. Explanations for concepts in business or biology can be walked through until you find the exact sentence you don't understand. Debugging and understanding is tough work, but it ultimately saves far more time than the frequent alternative, rote memorization. 7. Never multitask. Multitasking is actually a misnomer. We're never really doing two things at once. Instead, when we multitask, we're quickly switching between tasks in our minds. Each of these switches comes at a cost, however. The contents of the previous task stay with our mind for a while, even as we work on the new one. This cognitive residue makes mental performance harder and can make learning nearly impossible. The obvious fixes are to silence your phone, turn off email, and remove noisy distractions. Music with lyrics ought to be avoided since these take up space in our working memory devoted to processing language. Instrumental music does better, but quiet, or white noise if silence is impossible to come by, does even better. 8. Don't get too far from the real thing. What if your goal isn't just to pass a test, but to learn a real skill? Here, the problem of transfer rears its ugly head. Many studies show that what is learned in one context is often not transferred to other contexts. Some of this can be blamed on students failing to learn things deeply in the first place. By obtaining only a superficial understanding, it's hard to abstract the deeper principles behind things. Yet a deeper problem is simply that using any knowledge depends on a whole set of invisible skills. Knowing a programming concept, like recursion, for a test is one thing. Being able to notice that the current problem you work on would be best solved with a recursive algorithm is another. One fix is to always keep the real thing you care about close when learning. Going back between more formal learning sessions and real projects can be helpful. 
This not only prevents knowledge from ossifying into something purely academic, but also acts as a check to ensure that you're learning what mattered most in the first place. Nine, pretend to teach it. The teacher often learns more than the student. Teaching something, even if just pretending to teach, forces you to confront what you know and what you don't. Putting something in your own words checks whether you really understand it or just memorizing a definition. Coming up with analogies that would help someone else learn helps you figure out if you have made a good picture for how things work. Showing how to solve a problem makes it clear you've mastered it. Teaching something combines many of the techniques I've just mentioned. If you do it with the book closed, it's a form of retrieval practice. It forces you to master the basics, slow down to deal with your own confusions, and it gives you feedback. And what's more, since the goal of much of learning is to leave with a deep understanding of ideas, being able to teach something is often the real thing that matters. If you can share an idea, you can be sure it doesn't get stuffed away to a dusty, unused corner of your mind. 10. Find your reason to be interested. What is your motivation to learn? Is it to pass tests or develop a deep understanding? Research shows that students with the latter motivation, ironically, do better than those whose only aim is to pass the test. Genuine interest can't be faked, but it can be fostered. Ideas are often presented in a detached way in their classes. Their history when they were bedeviling puzzles and not just established facts, and their future applications are often omitted to save time. If you can find a reason to be interested in insight and not just a grade, you'll often end up with both. Side note, uh, soon I'm going to be offering a new session of my six-week course, Rapid Learner. If you found me listing these strategies helpful for you for your studies, but you want to go deeper and master your tools for learning well, then you might want to join our next session. Be sure to go to www.rapid-learner-course.com to join the waitlist. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found on my website at scotthyoung.com.